What should we expect from the Buffalo Bills cornerbacks in 2023? There's plenty to get into, and I'm breaking that down today on Locked on Bills. You are locked on Bills. Your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, folks, we've got two more position groups to preview entering training camp, cornerbacks and safeties. And so that's our plan for the next two days on the podcast today being cornerbacks. And there's a lot to dig into with this position group with Trey White and his continued return from the ACL tear and, of course, a loaded competition for the CB2 job. So let's get into it. And we'll do it just like we have the other position groups. We'll reflect on 2022, talk about what's new and what does that tell us about the direction of the position group. I've got my biggest questions now and in the future, and of course, my expectations for 2023. Let's start by reflecting on 2022. Tredavious White. Let's begin there. And the big storyline, or one of the biggest storylines for the entire team last year was when Will Tredavious White return to the lineup? And it took a little bit longer than I think anybody hoped. And I think it was a combination of him healing, but also clearing some mental hurdles to get himself in position to go back and play. And it took him exactly a year, Thanksgiving to Thanksgiving, to return from the injury. And so in 2022, he wound up starting and playing in six games. And in those six games on the field for 79% of the defensive snaps. And the reason that's a little bit lower is he didn't play as much in that first game back, uh, but then he really ramped up and played near 100% of the snaps the rest of the way. He collected six pass breakups, one interception, and a passer rating of 70.7 against his coverage. And honestly, I thought Tredavious White progressively got more and more comfortable and looked better as the season moved along in terms of him being available. And I'm very excited for him being as far removed now as he is from the ACL tear and seeing Trey White getting back to that vintage high-impact lockdown CB1 that the Bills have enjoyed for a number of years prior to the injury. And so I think Trey White should be fully back, and I can't wait to watch him play football in 2023. Now let's get to Kyer Elam. It was his rookie season, the Bills' first-round pick, Last year, the Bills traded up to get Kyer Elam. And in 2022, he played in 15 games with seven starts, and that includes the playoffs. And so for the 15 games that he was active for, he was on the field for 57% of the defensive snaps, had four pass breakups, three interceptions, passer rating of 83.7 against his coverage. And I really thought he played good football in the playoffs against the Dolphins and the Bengals. You could probably make a case the Bills might not beat the Dolphins without Kyer Elam and a pretty big interception, but also some big tackles in that game as well. 
Um, in those two playoff games combined, he was on the field for 56 coverage snaps and gave up two catches on five targets for eight yards with an INT and then two run stuffs. And you may have heard about this, but the Dolphins and Bengals probably have the best receiving cores in the entire NFL. So that's 56 coverage snaps against the likes of Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill and T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd. Held his own, more than held his own. And I was really satisfied with Kyer Elam when he was on the field. You know, as a rookie, it never felt like he was picked on except for the Pittsburgh game. And I think that was game plan specific for the Steelers where they wanted to move the launch point for Kenny Pickett in his first start isolate George Pickens and throw it up to him. I mean, he gave up 10 catches in that game, and that was 10 of the 33 catches he gave up for the entire season. He didn't give up more than three catches in any other game. So 10 against Pittsburgh and 23 in the 14 other games he played in combined. I was really happy with Kyrie Elam. And I think circumstances prevent him right now from being the shoe-in starter because the Bills do have other options. But he's certainly the highest upside option. I really liked how he played as a rookie, and I feel like he can be that answer opposite of Tredavious White for a long time. Dane Jackson, 2022, uh, 17 games played, started 15 of those on the field for 82% of defensive snaps, had two interceptions, 11 pass breakups, passer rating of 81.9 against his coverage. Thought Dane Jackson had an up and down season. The middle of the year was a struggle for him. That stretch of Vikings, Browns, Lions, Patriots, Jets, weeks 10 through 14, those were a bit of an adventure for him. But otherwise, he was pretty sound. Uh, had some missed tackles, uh, had some missed opportunities uh, in terms of playing the ball in the air and kind of got outworked for the ball at times. Um, but those were things that he was pretty strong at his previous years, were tackling and defending the football in the air. I think he's a really solid depth player and spot starter. I think the team really likes him. You've heard Sean McDermott be quite complimentary of Dane Jackson and how he prepares and the worker that he is. Um, and I think he provides good depth, um, but he's certainly in line to be the starter opposite of Tredavious White as part of this three-way position battle between Kyrie Elam, Dane Jackson, and our next guy, which is Christian Benford, uh, who was a find. It appears he's a really good find as a late day three pick out of Villanova. Um, and the Bills got a lot of production out of him as a rookie in 2022, where he played in nine games with five starts on the field for 62% of the defensive snaps, 49% of special team snaps, had an interception, five pass breakups, and an 89.1 passer rating against his coverage. Uh, reflecting on him, I think you have to be impressed. He started the first three games of the season over Kyir Elam, before an injury kept him out of the lineup for a couple of weeks, and then he got injured again later in the season. Uh, but he had really good flashes, a smart player in terms of coverage spacing. You could tell he very quickly gained the trust of the coaching staff. Um, we saw him play physical football. He had some missed tackles, but he was physical. He was a good tackler in college, great ball production in college. And I think he just checks a lot of those boxes that the Bills really appreciate in a defensive back. And so – I'm curious what his role is going to be. We'll talk about that later on. Uh, but I think he's in the mix for CB2. Um, and at a minimum, I think you have a versatile reserve that should be a really good special teams player uh, that, you know, if you had to call upon him to play, you really feel good about having him in the bullpen. Taron Johnson, the Bills' starting slot corner, um, 
2022, 16 games, 15 starts on the field for 92% of snaps. Had an interception, nine pass breakups, passer rating of 107.9 against his coverage. Taron Johnson is an absolute stud in the slot. I think he's one of the best three slot corners in the NFL, right there in that mix of Mike Hilton, uh, Kenny Moore, Taron Johnson. I think when you talk about the best slot corners in the league, those are the three. And I have a lot of respect for his game. He plays corner and linebacker for the Bills, essentially. He's asked to do a ton in the run fits. They funnel a lot of throws his way, and he holds his own. He's physical. He tackles well. I'm a big, big Taron Johnson fan. And um, a big reason why the Bills are able to be this base nickel defense that uh, keeps him on the field for like well over 90% of snaps uh, is because of who he is as a player. And it opens up a lot for the Bills schematically. He's a tough, dependable player that is a critical piece to the defense. And he also had Saran Neal. And Saran Neal, you know, not really known for what he does on defense. Only 63 defensive snaps last year, but he's that special teams ace, a legit special teams ace, um, four-phase guy on the field for every special team snap, basically. He led the team in special teams tackles last year, one of the best gunners in the entire NFL, one of the best jammers on the punt return team. He's great at covering kicks. He's a major asset to this football team. All right, folks, we got a bunch more to get into, but next I need to tell you about eBay Motors. Our partners over at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players that are a guaranteed fit for your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Looking to make a smooth turn in fantasy football snake drafts with the last pick in the first round and first pick in the second round? You will be guaranteed to have a winning one-two punch of workhorse power backs in your backfield when you take Colts' Jonathan Taylor and the Browns' Nick Chubb back-to-back. While Taylor is a perfect rebound candidate in a more run-friendly overall offense in Indianapolis, Chubb is also set up to dominate with more of the combined workload in Cleveland. Vinny Iyer from Lockdown Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed Fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it, and they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers Eligible items only, exclusions apply. All right, folks, let's look at what is new with the Buffalo Bills cornerback room, and what does that tell us? And in all reality, there's not a whole lot new. Just like a lot of position groups, the Bills are returning every single player from last year, 
And there's been some very minor additions. One of the additions being seventh-round pick Alex Austin out of Oregon State. I think he's got a bit of an uphill climb to make this roster, as well as Cameron Dantzler, who was a third-round pick a few years back from the Vikings, was a starter for a couple years, uh, got released, signed with Washington, was quickly released again, and now he's with the Buffalo Bills. A guy that I think would be a great practice squad candidate, same with Alex Austin, but I think both need injuries to happen to players ahead of them on the depth chart to actually make it. And so what does this tell us about the position group? Well, it tells us that the Bills are pretty comfortable with what they have, and that's great news because it's the first time in a long time we didn't spend a lot of time talking about the need at corner, right? It's been a yearly conversation. Who's going to be CB2 opposite of Tredavious White? Levi Wallace is upgradable. He's a limited player, right? I mean, this has been a long conversation uh, since McDermott and Bean really took over, and it feels like the Bills – um, are very comfortable with what they have, obviously, because the only thing they did was draft a guy in the seventh round and pick up a guy off the waiver wire after the draft. That's it. So they're rolling with this cast of characters, and that's a pretty clear signal that they like what they have. And that's good news because it means that they're really comfortable with Trey White and his trajectory, and obviously that between Elam, Benford, and Jackson, they have their answer at CB2, and of course, with Taron Johnson in the slot, you're more than satisfied with what you have there. So pretty clear signal that the team's quite content with their options at the position group. Now, the biggest questions now and in the future for the Bills at cornerback, number one, is Tredavious White returning to form? And I thought we saw that begin to happen last year as things moved along, but there's still another layer, right? And what I like about Tredavious White and forecasting him to 2023 is the messaging, right? You're hearing really good messaging about how he's continuing to work and it's important to him to get back to that level. And, and that was really a big part of the story last year was just how intentional he's been about attacking the rehab and putting himself in the best possible position to go out and play great football. And when you hear that messaging combined with kind of what we know about Tredavious White and how he's wired and um, his me- my- mindset in terms of what he wants to achieve as a football player, I like that combination. When you have talent and habits, that's a dangerous combination, and-, and Trey White has that. And I'm optimistic for him returning fully to form in 2023. But it's it's a question, uh, but it's one that I feel good about how that's going to ultimately play out. And so – don't forget about Trey White. I'll tell you what, this guy, this guy's a special corner. Um, and one thing that I've continuously brought up when I bring up Tredavious White in the landscape of top corners in the NFL is not only is Tredavious White very good in terms of coverage, but his ability to take away the football is part of what really makes him special. And the Bills did a great job taking away the football last year and did so without Trey White really being Trey White. And that dynamic returning gets me really, really excited. So I'm excited to watch 27 back out there being 27 and just a high energy player that you can kind of sense his presence and know that he means a lot and he backs it up with how he performs. So I'm ready for Trey White to be a legit CB1 again after quite the uh, time away from being that. Number two in terms of biggest questions now and in the future is, is sorting out Who's starting opposite of Tredavious White? And it is 
a three-way competition between Kyer Elam, Dane Jackson, and Christian Benford. And it shouldn't be, right? Because let's just look at it. Uh, Dane Jackson is a seventh-round draft pick uh, that is a spot starter type player, a good reserve, but um, not necessarily a guy that you feel like should be stiff-arming your first-round pick, Kyer Elam, out of the lineup who played well as a rookie that has really impressive size and athleticism that can take away the football that presents a high upside option opposite of Tredavious White with a lot invested in having him on the team. And so I'm sure a lot of this competition has to do with making sure that Kyrie Elam is earning it, right? We, I can, I can respect that. But at the end of the day, this feels like it should be Kyrie Elam's job to lose uh, because he played well as a rookie and, um, I'm excited about his trajectory, but it is Dane Jackson. It is Kyrie Elam and it is Christian Benford in this mix. And remember Christian Benford beat out Kyrie Elam last year. So there's precedent for that happening. And here's the thing. I don't think that this entire competition is because Kyrie Elam isn't good enough to start. I think the competition exists because the bills have three players that are good enough to start and they want to make sure that they get the right, right one out there. And there are implications for who doesn't win it, right? So somebody's going to be the starter. Maybe they rotate. I don't know. They kind of did last year at times. The Bills have been willing to rotate at corner. We've seen that. Uh, Whether it's Levi Wallace and Josh Norman, Levi Wallace and Kevin Johnson, last year they rotated these corners like crazy. Um, I'm not hopeful for that, uh, but I think it's a possibility. But ultimately, there are implications for who doesn't win the job. You know, if if Kyrie Elam goes out there and wins it, now Dane Jackson uh, probably becomes a player that is counted on a lot more on special teams. Same thing with Christian Benford. Maybe you start cross-training these guys a little bit. You know, Dane Jackson, I think, can play some in the slot. You know, maybe get that more on his plate. Christian Benford has long been rumored to have some safety versatility. Do you start to work on that a little bit? Because there are some consequences that – um you have to consider for who doesn't win the job. And I don't like what that looks like. If Kyrie Elam doesn't win the job, I don't like what that conversation looks like. So we'll see. Number three in terms of questions now and in the future is slot depth. Taron Johnson, no concerns there. Uh, But what else? I mean, Saran Neal's been around, but, you know, he's been around and not getting a role on defense. He's a special teams player. And what's interesting is we saw when Taron Johnson got injured against the Bengals in the Monday night football game, uh, they put in Saran Neal as the next man up in the slot. Now, with the opportunity to game plan, right, does that still happen? Uh, Is it a situation for Dane Jackson? Is it a situation for Cam Lewis? And I'm going to talk more about Cam Lewis tomorrow on the safety podcast. You know, but Cam Lewis is a guy that is trained at multiple positions. So what is your answer in terms of slot depth if you had to lose a key player like a Taron Johnson for any extended length of time? And then lastly, in terms of, my biggest questions now and in the future is, is there a path for Alex Austin, Cam Dantzler, or Jamarcus Ingram? That's a player, that's a player that I don't want to sleep on, Jamarcus Ingram. So the Bills will probably keep six corners and Trey White, Kyrie Elam, Christian Benford, Dane Jackson, Taron Johnson, Saran Neal. That's six. So if Austin Dantzler... Jamarcus Ingram are going to make this team. They need some help. They need some help. And that doesn't even get into Cam Lewis if you want to classify him as a cornerback. 
So there's some things to kind of figure out here uh, uh, in terms of this depth. You'd, you'd feel like one or two of them are great practice squad candidates, but what's the path outside of an injury for any one of Austin Dantzler or Ingram to make the team? I'm not sure there is one. I think they do need an injury, uh, but also, you know, I, I always find myself curious about what these guys really have, and those are some players that I'm going to be very dialed into when it comes to the preseason. All right, folks, coming up after a very quick break are my expectations for the Bills cornerbacks in 2023. Stick with me. I'll be right back. All right, folks, we're going to talk Bills cornerback expectations here on this final segment. But first, I would like to invite you to join the Locked On Bills subtext community. Folks, I'm excited for this. I've told you about it for a few months now since we launched it. But with training camp starting next week, we're going to really ramp up what is offered in the subtext community. Uh, first of all, my favorite part is the one-on-one text conversation. So I text with Bills fans and listeners of this podcast all day long on the subtext community. So join and get in on that. Tell me what you're thinking. I'll tell you what I'm thinking. And, um, you know, it's it's really fun. That's easily my favorite part. You get herd mentality priority. Every single subtext co- uh, subscriber that's asked a question for herd mentality, it has been answered on the show, and that will continue. We have some exclusive content, and I have something that I'm actually going to uh, drop this weekend. So uh, good time to join because you'll find out about that. And um, I have some programming ideas for what the season will look like, and I'm going to be looking to the subtext community for some feedback on that. You get my first reaction to all Bill's news. So the Ron Rakuya news came out uh, on Wednesday afternoon, and the first opportunity I had, I went to subtext and sent out uh, my thoughts to all of the subtext subscribers. So of course, my first reaction to all Bills news comes there. We've done some giveaways and uh, have some other stuff planned for what this is going to look like in season. So check it out. You can find a link in today's show notes if you'd like to join. Uh, just click on the show notes, whether you're on YouTube or whatever podcasting medium. There's a direct link. Sign up, and it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, and again, nothing changes with how we normally deliver this podcast. It is simply an extra layer of en- engagement for anybody who might want it. All right, so what are my expectations for the Bills' corners in 2023? This was pretty simple. This was the most simple piece, right? Like some of these other position groups, I've really kind of had to unlock a lot of thoughts here in my expectations for the unit. I don't feel that way about cornerback. Uh, I feel like cornerback's one of the strongest and deepest positions on this team. And so my number one expectation, and I only have two actual things written down. Number one is that the Bills should just be really good at corner this year. They should be a good team in terms of cornerback performance. You've got talented players. You've got youth. You've got upside. You've got vets. You've got good coaching in terms of historical precedent for how cornerbacks perform. And these guys should go out and play well. And this should remain mostly... When I say this, I mean the cornerback position should remain mostly a non-discussion next offseason. You should feel really good about what you have now and in the future. And that general expectation that the Bills should be really good at corner, it covers a lot of things. Number one, that covers Tredavious White being Tredavious White and him being fully back and being a high-impact playmaker for the defense. That means having the right plan at cornerback, too whether it's Kyer Elam or legitimately Christian Benford is just better and beats him out or Dane Jackson or if rotating, whatever they do, it needs to be the right thing. They've, they're going to have plenty of opportunity to 
evaluate these players and and figure out what the best plan is. Be right about it. So the Bills should be really solid at corner. Yeah, that means Tredavious White being Tredavious White. That means having the right plan at cornerback too. That also means Taron Johnson continuing to be Taron Johnson in the slot. So it's a pretty simple expectation, but it's it's pretty clear when you have this level of talent and upside, it should be really good. I don't want to spend time next offseason saying, you know, Bill's got some things to figure out here at corner. This should be a really good group. Now, they're going to be challenging some new ways this year. The Bills play all the good offenses, it seems, right? They play Kansas City and Miami and Cincy and Philly play a lot of good teams the Jets there's gonna be a lot of a lot of good quarterbacks a lot of good receivers that they have to deal with this year but they should be able to meet this moment the only other thing that I have written down for expectations and maybe this contradicts a little bit about what I said about having the right plan at CB2 but honestly I want Kyer Elam to get every opportunity to be the full-time starter opposite of Tredavious White I thought he played well. And I've I've talked a lot about Kyer Elam and some of my own personal exposures to him about how I felt like he was very rigid, um, like almost was thinking too much, was like the first guy on the field. You could tell he's really dialed in in practice and even with the last guy off the field doing stuff after practice. All that stuff is really, really good. But at some point, you just got to play free. You got to play loose. It's got to be second nature to you. And I think that Kyer Elam was drinking out of a, uh, what do they call it, a fire hose at times last year because stylistically how the Bills play defense is so much different than what he did at Florida. And I think he was doing everything that he could to get himself up to speed, but it was just a big climb. And I think even through some of the media that we've seen, whether it's been Bills YouTube videos you know, different players on Instagram, seeing Kyer Elam, seeing him be a little bit loose with the guys, hanging out with Deion Dawkins, all that stuff is really good. And things should really slow down for him. It should become a lot more second nature, the things that he's asked to do. And should that all be true, I can see Kyer Elam going out there and really providing an answer for this team. Again, physical skill opposite of Tredavious White is unmatched when you consider Kyer Elam against the guys he's up against. And also you have... Him under contract for the next three seasons plus the fifth-year option is a first-round pick that you traded up to get. Like You need to give him every opportunity to be this guy. And I'm hopeful that that will happen. But to me, it just makes too much sense. If he gets beat out, he gets beat out. Whatever. But that should be clear to us. If Kyrie Elam's not the starter through camp in preseason that should be easy to accept if everything's close then you got to go with Kyrie Elam and I'm not hopeful for rotating and all that stuff I don't think that's I don't think that's good for players development I don't think that's good for just kind of being in the ebbs and flows of a game and things becoming second nature all that type of stuff I just really want to see Kyrie Elam get this job and the Bills I mean you know we talk about kind of the last few drafts not really putting or producing like big time steals or like impact. This is a guy that has a chance to do that for you. And so I want to see it happen.
I want to see that happen. So that's it. Those are my two expectations. Be really good at corner and Kyrie Elam to have every opportunity to be the full-time starter opposite of Tredavious White. Tomorrow on the podcast, we're talking safeties. And I'll tell you what, keep your head on a swivel this weekend. There's a lot of content that I hoped to get to before training camp. And if I don't do some bonus episodes this weekend, I'm not going to get to it. So might have some bonus content for you uh, this weekend. But of course, I'll be back for you tomorrow talking safeties. Don't miss it. Make sure that you're subscribed. Would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills. And I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.